And then we kept walking up the path a little further to this building that, you know, just looks like this random outbuilding or whatever. But then he opens the door and inside it was amazing. All right, let's jump into part two of our Armenian experience. So as we had shared, we had the opportunity to meet with Father Grigor and learn about the great work that he's doing for the Down syndrome community. And immediately from there, we loaded back up in the bus and headed over to another part of Yerevan where we got to meet, where we got to go to an orphanage, to where we had the opportunity to go to an orphanage. This is an orphanage. It's um, So let me back up a bit. When we started Rod's Heroes, we learned... Uh, about what happens oftentimes in many of these cultures. And in particular, Eastern Europe is where we were advocating for in the inception of, of Rod's Heroes. We learned that when a child is abandoned, they will go to what's oftentimes referred to as a baby house. And that's where children from the time they are born until about the age of six go. So imagine all these little kids with Down syndrome, ages zero to six, uh, that are there in that baby house. Well, then then something happens that just was so, (laughs) and still is, is very, just weighs on us. What happens is when those children reach the age of six, they will go to an adult mental institution. So they will go and be transferred from this baby house to an institution that has individuals ages six and is and up. An, and up, like no end in sight on that one, and they're all together. And so we had we have seen pictures, we have spoke to many adoptive parents that have experienced and and that have seen what transpires oftentimes in these uh, larger scale institutions for older individuals. And as as you can imagine, some of the things that we've seen and heard are are horrific and just devastating, heartbreaking to see and hear these things. So that's, that's in essence where we were going. Um, we knew that this was the place in Armenia where individuals, when they reach age six, go and that they would stay for the rest of their lives. Um, so I, I was anticipating this. I, I was maybe a little nervous going towards this, towards this institute. So how, how was it for you leading up to it? Yeah, I think um, we were just looking forward to this opportunity to meet some of the children because, as we had mentioned in the previous podcast, we really did not know if we were going to be able to do this. And so once we were able to earn the trust a little bit of the officials and they were able to make this possible for us, we were really looking forward to the opportunity to um, just be able to see children, to be able to it always is just helpful to meet someone and be able to put a name and a face together and, you know, have spent time with somebody so that you can advocate for them because then you feel like you know them and you have that responsibility. Yep. So when we got there, uh, we went through the gate and were immediate was immediately uh, greeted by the orphanage director. And I, I... He's the kindest man. And we'll call him Hagar because his Hagar. name was something like that, but not, yeah, probably I, not I don't, right. I don't know his name perfectly because it was a really hard name, but Hagar is a good good way to describe this man. He uh, had been in the, has been the orphanage director for 22 years. And immediately upon meeting him, 
you could just feel a warmth and a kindness. You look into his eyes, you look into his countenance, and you knew that this was a man that loved what he does. He lo- you could tell he loves his role and his job. And I, I felt like, okay, this is going to be good. The first thing that we did, we had our cameras all put away at uh, this time, and we asked him, is it, how do you feel about us taking pictures and videos of, of the orphanage? And he said, that's, of course, not a problem at all. Please feel free to take as many pictures and videos. He said, please, just you you can't show the faces on social media, um, but we just be respectful, you know, and don't show the faces. But you can take as many pictures and videos as you would like. So we were way excited about that. And he proceeded to take us on a tour. This facility was huge. I mean, how many acres would you guess that the facility was on? I don't even know. Probably we saw like at least 10 acres that we walked around. Yeah, I mean, it was a giant facility. It used to be a retirement center uh, for individuals in retirement years, um, but they had since transformed it into, uh, into the development center, into the disability center, the institution. And so it was an old building. I mean, I would guess that the buildings were 40, 50 years old. At least. At least, maybe more. But but they had done a lot of renovations. And I would say that it was just so clean and so well taken care Mm -hmm. of. I was going to say the thing that was so impressive about him that I thought, you know, he was like actually excited to have us come and see what they were doing. He immediately asked us, you know, do you want to go and see the therapies we have for the kids? He was so excited to show us, you know, not, not just the children, but what they're doing for the children, which was really cool. And like Brady said, even though it was really old there, like you could tell that even that it was just clean, like everything was swept and clean and it was old, but it was in like the best possible condition. Um, it was well cared for. Yep. So he took us the first place as he went into a room that was the dentistry. And so they have an on-staff dentist that's here and have all of the tools and everything to take care of the children and their dentist work. He then took us to a salon where there was a couple of, they call them beneficiaries, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of, of children that are here that were getting their hair cut and done. There were two beautiful little girls there. And he also shared with us, he said, we got there about three o'clock and he said, all of the kids, all the beneficiaries, they take a siesta from two to four. And so some of them may be sleeping, but they're gonna be way excited to see you. And we went into another room where there was maybe eight individuals there that were all, I would say, late teenage years, Mm -hmm. 15 to 20 years old all with pretty severe disabilities and they were all just waking up from their naps they're all lined up in their beds and every one of them was all smiles i mean just smiles from ear to ear when they They saw us they were so cute and so so happy and they were i think they were mostly happy because the director was in there and they all like loved him yeah that was something that stood out is Everywhere that director went, it was like, I seriously felt like it reminded me of the movie Willy Wonka. (laughs) And you got all these Oompa Loompas around. And when Willy Wonka would come into the room, you know, the Oompa Loompas would just be like, it's Willy Wonka. Or it actually is also like uh, Santa Claus. And you got all the elves that they see Santa and they're like, Santa, 
<laughs> they're so excited to see him. It was pretty awesome. But, um, you know, we, when we went into this room, when we he wanted to show us the bathroom where these boys, where their kind of their dormitory was. And I went in there and he showed there was this um, like kind of a chart and there was a toothbrush in each little slot and each little slot had the person's name on it. And so there was all these toothbrushes lined up. And then below that, there was all these hairbrushes lined up. Every child had their own toothbrush, their own hairbrush, and it was perfectly in order. And then over on the other side, there was all these wash rags. And it, it showed, he showed us, he's like, okay, all the wash rags up here on this hook that are hanging up means that they will be showered today. And then all of these ones that are down here, they will be showered tomorrow. And it's just very well organized. And I continued to call compliment him. And every time I'd give Hagar a, a compliment, he would always defer it to his, uh, to, the, to, the staff. to the staff. He said, the staff here is what makes this possible. The staff are so wonderful, like just truly a humble leader. So then he was excited to show us the, what I think he was most excited to show us. So is, uh, is the pottery area. So you want to share about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he he took us out to, um, you could tell he's very creative as well, just like the little things that he would come up with to make the facilities better. Um, so he took us outside. He asked us if we could go for a walk outside, and he wanted to show us where they received their therapies. And so he took us outside, and we started walking up this path. And it was a little bit of a jaunt, and you kind of had to go a little bit uphill. And the first area that we came to was this um, building, and had like the front of the building was fenced off like a big kennel and there were all these dogs that came out when we came walking up and there. the building was all painted and the building was painted so cute, bright colors had dogs on it and yeah it was just painted all cute and and the dogs came running out and you know we're barking and excited to see him and he said yeah this is where he said these are our therapy dogs he said they were actually abandoned street dogs that we find and we bring here and he said we um take all the children's scraps after each meal and we bring them out and we feed the dogs and he said and they've turned into our pets he's he told us you know we've vaccinated all of them that's why they all have a tag in their ear now because they the vet comes and vaccinates all of them for us and he said and then we turn them into our therapy dogs and so he said the kids can come out here and pet the dogs and take care of the dogs and so he said it helps the dogs and it helps the children and so that was really cool and then we kept walking I, I want to share a little bit on that as well just like think how amazing that is because there's a lot of stray dogs that are out there and just dogs in essence that need adoption as well and this man has been able to be so creative and find a way to make a one plus one equals four type relationship to where these dogs get a home, these dogs have somebody to care for them, and then the kids get to have a pet. And we saw some of the kids come up to the dog kennel while we were there, and they love it. Like the yeah. dogs love them, sweet. they love the dogs. It's just a really sweet experience. Yes, so that was really cool. And then we kept walking up the path a little further um, to this building that, you know, just looks like this random outbuilding or whatever. But then he opens the door, and inside it was amazing. It, they had this whole pottery room set up, and they had several of the girls were in there working. The older girls were in there working on their projects, and they have a man who um, is over. That's like his job is that he does pottery with all the children. And so he was there, and they were so excited when we came in. They couldn't wait to like show us their projects. And, you know, I don't speak any Armenian at all. And so, so it was a little hard because they were just 
telling me, you know, like wanting, grabbing my hand and bringing me over and showing me the things that they had made. And the, the man that was in charge of the pottery, he actually did speak a little bit of English. And so he was interpreting for us and he was saying, oh yeah, she wants to show you her creations. And he said, she always makes monsters. And he said, she creates everything and makes it. And then she asked us, what is it? What did I make? And so he's like, then we tell her what it looks the most like. And he's like, so she had grabbed one off the shelf and he's like, so this one we told her looks the most like a snail, like some kind of snail or whatever. So it was just cute to see their, their excitement and the passion that they have for it. And he was able to explain to us that they, um, they each have something unique that they like to make and create and they create it and paint it. And then he does the fires it and does it in the kiln and all that to glaze, whatever it's called then to glaze it and get it ready. And then when they're, when they're all the finished product, um, he takes them places to sell them for the children. So he'll take them to like, like fairs or markets where they can set up little booths and sell the the pieces that they make. And he also said that when people visit the facility, um, they're welcome to come in and buy pieces as well. So we got excited about that and we all started picking out pieces that we wanted to purchase. It reminded me so much of our, our dear friend, Lisa Eicher and the work that she does in Sandal Gap Studios. And so she has a number of artists and each one of the artists have a disability and each one of the artists are adults. Okay, so this is a this is an adult resource, and each one of the artists has their own style, their own specific method of doing art, and it has just come naturally to them, and they each just stick with that style. And so it was fun to see the different styles that the artists had with the pottery that they were making. Yeah, it totally reminded us of Sandal Gap. It was really cool. We were like, this is the Armenian Sandal Gap. (laughs) Yep. And so when I was in there, I was asking Hagar about the, there was three uh, workers in there at the time when I was in there. And they all looked like they were about in their 30s, early 30s, I'd say, late 20s, early 30s. And um, three ladies, and I asked Hagar about them. And he said, um, they've been here since they were six years old. And he said, they were here before I got here. When I got here 22 years ago, they were here. And uh, they've been here ever since. In fact, I think one of them came after he had got there, right about the time that he got there 22 years ago. And that just struck me because these three ladies, these three girls were so happy and so smiley and loved what they were doing. They brought such a joy and such a light. And um, we saw them afterwards. They were walking down a path together. And just just like, you know, long, long lost friends, long lost sisters that they just had each other. And they were so friend. They were so fun together. And at first when I saw this and I experienced this, I was so thankful and so happy because they have each other. They have a wonderful place to live and they are, are doing a, a wonderful job. Like they're living a good life right now in their own special way. But then I got, I got sad. And the reason why I got sad and looking at them is, is these are three individuals that have such a brightness and an innocence about them. They have the best way I can describe it is that special ability. The world would deem it special needs or a disability. And and my experience has been that it truly is a special ability. And any of you that have been around, say Nash or Cooper Arboways or somebody else that has that special ability, you just know what I'm referencing. And it's that light and that innocence that comes. And these girls had that. And the sadness came to me that, a family and a community didn't get to experience that. 
that in essence, these, these girls are in a place where that is not being shared with the world in a way that it otherwise could and should be. In essence, you always hear me say, there's a song in them that is not being sung. And when, it's, when an individual sings a song, it's not for them. When an individual sings a song, it's for others. And uh, these girls definitely have a song they're meant to sing. And, and it's not being sung for that family and that community that otherwise would be benefiting from that had these individuals had the opportunity to be adopted. And so... Or just stay in their families even. Yeah, even better if they would have just had the opportunity to stay in their families. And so um, that was a big takeaway and and even a, a quite an emotional uh, feeling and, and time just as I was processing that and seeing these three. But from there, they took us over. So it's like this tour just kept getting better. <laughs> it's, it really was like a Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory tour. It was where, way beyond anything we expected. <laughs> yeah. So he takes us to this next area, and we go in there, and it is a therapy. equine therapy room. And so it's a little arena, and he's got these awesome saddles that had been donated. He has eight horses, five of which, this is really funny, five of which are equine, are therapy horses, and then three... That are too dumb. That are, stupid, that are too stupid to be... <laughs> that's his exact words. He said, five, it is great Armenian accent, five of the horses are therapy horses, and three are too stupid to be therapy horses <laughs> and so I'm sure in in Armenian if he had said it it wouldn't have been maybe as abrasive about those horses but that's what the translation came back as <laughs> but but uh, he showed us that and then he took us into another room that was a woodworking room and just like the clay making room there was a, a staff person in there a man who works in there and they had all of these beautiful creations that they had made um, that they use as gifts and they also sell those to help create sustainability. They make tools for woodworking that they sell. Yep. Yeah, that was actually a cool thing as well. And so it's just a, a neat environment that was there. There was one uh, beneficiary that was in there that we saw earlier. He was sitting under a tree and he had an electric wheelchair. His name's Moises, and he's probably in his late 20s, early 30s as well. And he, he's like more serious, you know. He's, he's one he that... He's curious about us. He's all business, right? And doesn't smile. He's, and he's nonverbal, just kind of watching us. He's got this little wheelchair. And so this was back at the, at the Institute. And so when we walked by him, he just slowly started following behind us in his electric wheelchair. <laughs> and he followed us all the way up to the dogs and all the way to the clay and then all the way over to the horses and then all the way into the into the woodworking place and this is like I don't know a quarter mile away it's a ways away half a mile away and he followed us the whole way and he came in and he sat down in the woodworking room and he got a little doll like a little look like a mouse type of thing built out of uh, out of wood and he was just sitting there all curious sanding away watching us sanding and the worker that was there was talking to him he's just you could tell they were good buds and he's just watching us watching us and in fact I was super thankful for this but they agreed to let me have one of the that those pieces that Moises had been working on and so I got that as a little souvenir but he was our friend he uh he followed us along the whole way didn't he yeah, never he said a cute. word never cracked a smile but he was right there shadow for us he the was, whole time big eyes. Yeah, he was so, cute. <laughs> so you want to share what happened next 
Yes, so after we were able to tour the facilities, and he told us that, you know, the great things that they're doing, how they are opening the equine therapy to the community so that um, other children in the community who need therapies can come in on Saturdays and Sundays and receive therapy. And um, then he, you know, showed us the garden area that they have and the pasture for the horses and everything. And then we went back down to the buildings and we were able to go in and, of course, like, um, just the hosting here is amazing and so they took us in this room where they had fruit for us and we sat down and they gave us water and drink and fruit and one, we just one, had a little conversation. Yeah one thing we, that I was going to share is before he took us there he actually took us into a sensory room and this was state-of-the-art sensory room that all of the different things that they had in there and he shared with us the five senses each one of them and he showed in each area how the children would have the opportunity to be able to have that sensory um, input. that input given. In fact, there was a little boy with autism that was maybe eight, nine years old that we saw earlier. And he said, just this morning, and they referenced him by name, he was in here and he was loving it. And he was telling all about how this little boy just loved this room and how much it helped him. So just Hagar's the man. Yeah. And just small things like out in the hall, um, he was he was so proud of how they had painted in the hall. They had like painted a, this mural of the season. So there was like a spring, a summer, a fall, and a winter section. And they had tried to add things to each section of the wall that the children could actually fill so yeah. that those who are blind and can see could fill in the hall and like ha and fill that mural so they had like glued leaves on and flowers and just different things that you know the the, the children could fill and yeah it was just endearing to see how proud he was of all the effort that they had put into like making this a good place for the kids definitely so as andrea shared we took us into a little conference room and that's one thing that is awesome about Armenia is they are amazing hosts. They have unlimited amounts of fresh fruit and drinks available for you at every turn. And so we sat in there for about an hour or so and just visited and, and talked with him. And as we were sharing about the work that we do, and in particular for children with Down syndrome, we had asked him, we said, "Is there, are there any residents here, any beneficiaries that um, have Down syndrome that are eligible for adoption? And that, that was one thing that I would say is in Armenia, um, and I think oftentimes is the case in Eastern Europe, when a child reaches age six and they get transferred to the adult institution, they really do, they don't think anybody wants to adopt them. And, and we asked uh, Hagar if he'd had any adoptions and he said, uh, he said one, you know, a number of years ago. Mm -hmm. and, and I just thought, my goodness. And so I, I asked him, are there any children in here who are eligible for adoption that have Down syndrome that we could possibly meet? And he immediately said, yes. And he told his staff worker, he said, go get, and I don't recall her name. The names are so hard here for me. But he said, um, this girl, bring her in here. We want to introduce you to her. He said, she is a dancer. And so, and then he pulled up a video on his phone that showed a play that she was in and the dancing performance that she did, which was amazing. He shared the video with me. We'll do a post about it in, in, a, in a while. But, uh, you know, so a few minutes later in walks this, how old would you say I she is? She was 13. 13. She looked a little bit older, but I think they said she was 13. I, yeah. When I had originally saw her, I thought she was Nash's age. 
Yeah, yeah, she seems, I, I would say 13, 14 years old. But she came walking in the room, she had this beautiful dress on, and she was all smiles, just as smiley as you could come, and so excited to see everybody, and so excited to come in and eat some snacks with us and talk to us. And it was just way fun to be able to meet her and, and get to capture some video about her. So that's definitely a girl mm -hmm. I think we can advocate for. Yeah, that will be great. Yeah. So another thing that I thought was really neat as we were wrapping up, we were in this room and we're on the second floor and I could hear kids outside. I could, you know, and when I say kids, I'm, they're all teenagers and 20s and 30s, you know, beneficiaries as they call them. So I could hear these kids outside. So I go to the door, the window, and I look out the window and I can see them down there and they have no idea that I'm watching them. And there was no staff, like it was just the kids out there. And just like you would imagine, kids that are 16, 22, whatever it may be that have Down syndrome or that have other special needs, some in wheelchairs, some of them walking, all of them just kind of hanging out down there in the shade and laughing with each other and joking and just enjoying. I saw Moises down there, his wheelchair was parked and he had a cot underneath an apple tree that he was just laying there, just enjoying the company of everybody and still not a smile at all, but you could tell he was enjoying himself. And then I saw this little girl or this girl that we had just met come out there and she was pushing her friend that was in the wheelchair that was about her age that also, of course, had pretty severe special needs. And they were just chatting it up and walking and, and they um, were hanging out with all the other kids. And so finally somebody saw me because the door was open and I was just right above them. And one of them saw me and they just lit up. And you'd think that they'd just seen, I don't know who, Spider-Man. But those kids, those guys all just started pointing and waving and smiling. And they were so excited to see me. And one of them was just going crazy, like seeing us up there and just thought that was the funniest thing and the coolest thing ever. And the little girl with Down syndrome was so excited to see us. It was like she had just seen her long lost friend after years of not seeing them. She was waving and blowing kisses and it was just pretty special. And so there's no doubt these kids are being loved in this. And I would say that they, that is not often the case. And so I would say this is more of a rarity um, for these adult institutions that this is definitely one of a kind. And, and you know, Hagar, hats off to him for, for what he's doing for these kids. Yeah, and so like Brady said, like it, it was like unexpected how uplifting it was on this tour and how much um, love this man and his staff had for these children. It was really fantastic to see that and just like beyond what we had expected in so many ways. And so that part was so great, but yet we still just walked out of there just like crying because it is such a big job that they are doing and just all of the work and the care that is necessary for the severity of the disabilities of those children, like it is a lot. And so we were saying that to, we were thanking him, you know, for his service and saying, you know, this is, this is a lot. And he, he admitted, he said, you know, this isn't a job for everyone. He said, it does take a lot. And, and it just was kind of hard to see that um, because Although these children, we felt, you know, that they truly are loved and cared for and they're in a good place, it's hard to know that, you know, like the 
the burden that is placed on the staff, I guess, that you still feel like these families or these children would be better off in families where they could have more individual one-on-one care and just have the opportunity to to share that light and that love they have with, you know, their parents, their siblings, whoever, whoever, you know, they came to this earth with, but they're not with now. Yeah, I agree. That, that was a, that was a moment for all of us. Um, we had been there a number of hours and when we left the facility and, and walked out of the building, we were all kind of spread out actually. And, um, I know for me, I just, I just started crying. Like, and I, I wasn't emotional the whole time. I mean, I, I, I felt uplifted as Andrea said that whole time, but we walk out the door and like tears just come to my eyes. And as we got in the bus, it sounded like everybody actually independently had a similar experience and reaction when we walk out of, out of the, the Institute is because it is a, it is a heavy situation. It's just a heavy situation. And, you know, it is a, a large responsibility for Hagar and, and the staff and just how much more uh, amazing would it be for those children if they were in the environment of a loving family and how much more of a blessing and just a tender mercy for those families it would be as well if, if those children were with them, whether that was their biological children or a family that chose to answer the call to adopt. I know that everybody would benefit more if they were together. It truly is a one plus one equals four relationship when these children are in families. Yes, so I think we should close this episode with one of the quotes that Brady and I both just love from our guide on this tour. As we were walking back down to to pass the dogs for the second time, there was one dog that was not in the kennel yet. And so um, we were curious about it, and we asked him, you know, well, why is why is this dog just roaming around? And he said, oh, she's new. She just came two days ago. So he said, we can't put her in the kennel yet because she has to get used to all of the other dogs. And then do you want to tell Brady the quote he said? Yeah, yeah, he said, and it was just almost kind of in passing as he was walking. He said, if the kids will be nice to a street dog, they will be nice to each other. If they will treat a street dog well, they will treat each other well. And it was kind yeah, of a tender mercy. thought that that was a really good nugget of wisdom and just kind of enveloped all that he was doing there at that facility where he's he's taking somebody who needs love in and he's giving them love and in their own special way, you know, they're sharing that love with others and being able to flourish there. So that was kind of awesome to hear him say that. That was, truly was. And so I would say that... Uh, we didn't get to get to our uh, part three, part three to Girumri, and we're almost time to be able to go jump on an airplane here from Yerevan and go to Sofia, Bulgaria, where we're going to spend the next, I think, four days there. We have a, a lot that we're looking forward to on the Bulgaria side of this of this trip. Bulgaria is different than Armenia. We personally have not been there, but Phyllis has. And we know a number of people who have adopted from Bulgaria. And um, based on the experiences that that we have had with um, our friends, as well as what Phyllis has shared, I think this is going to be a little bit of a different experience in Bulgaria. Um, We do know we will be visiting a number of orphanages. And uh, in fact, the very first day, Monday morning, Bright and early at 7.30, they're picking us up to go to our first orphanage. And so 
I'm sure we'll have many more experiences to share, but until now or until then, we appreciate you listening. Yes, thank you. We'll see you next time.